So it's a joy to be here again. I, Sheila and I love coming here at Pathway um, because you're such worshipers and you bring such passion to the Lord and it's just always enjoyable. The worship team is ridiculous, aren't they really good? Really, really good. Some of the things I, you know, you're going to be okay, right? I grew up listening to rock and roll. I did. Um, and, I, and I still do. I mean, I... I still do. But anyway, um, one of the fun things is to watch the musicians in a band when they're really into it, and you have worshipers, both in the vocal and in the musical instruments, and sometimes the anointing is released through their fingers, and sometimes it's released as they are experiencing it, and I love it. So there you go. I love it. And Pastor Brian, his, a new season that you're in with the staff team that's here, you are walking into a blessing that's just amazing, and God has you a part of it. God has you a part of it. Not just to be in the seat, but to be participating in the body of Christ. He really wants you to be a part of it. Part of the reason that Sheila and I love to come here is because it isn't just they are really, really good, but you bring presence as you walk in. And so that means the people around you get to taste the presence of God and experience God, even when sometimes they may feel like they're kind of empty, but you bring it to them. And that's the wonder of a worship experience where Jesus is real and moving and active because he's a living Lord. It's not just something that we do. He's alive. And today he's going to walk through some through the scripture. He's going to lead us through the scripture into the kingdom of God. And we're going to do that. In 20, 2020, in March, COVID comes to the USA, February, March. And we end up shutting down some of our, well, all of our country for a bit. You may know that the rise, the divorce, was, the divorce rate was rising in the COVID season. But what if it was in the majesty of God going, supposed to be used to heal homes instead of destroy homes? I didn't say God calls COVID, but Romans 8 all things work together for those who love God, called according to his purpose. What if actually the crisis and the chaos was a gift to homes because it put the husband and the wife together in the home where they had been passing and now they're together? What if that was a gift? But you see, as you saw in the video, chaos is all around us. And the problem is that chaos that often spins around us eventually gets inside of us. And when what's inside of us is chaos instead of the kingdom, then what happens is that out of our mouth comes chaos, accusation, frustration, disappointment, fear, because the chaos is inside of us. In the name of Jesus, we sang that, right? We're not allowing him to take over that chaos and speak it. Today, in the next 30, 35 minutes, your marriage can change forever if you want it to. It's not because I'm here, though I do bring the blessing of God to you, but it's because his word 
is going to walk us through and show us how, if we enter through the Word, we can have a marriage that's supposed to have, a marriage that is rooted in the presence of God and the practices of a marriage that actually brings the kingdom home. Because what you and I have to do is learn to bring the kingdom into our home. Doesn't help you much, helps you just a little, but doesn't help you much if you come into a place like this where Pastor Brian speaks God's heart passionately, where the worship team and the children and the youth are all bringing God's blessing, and you come in, don't hear it wrong, but then you go out and the presence of God doesn't go out with you. You don't know how to access it in the chaos times. So today what we're going to do is we're going to enter through the scripture and learn how to bring the kingdom of God into our home. But again, I want to say to you, while I'm speaking this blessing upon you, the Spirit of God will heal some of your hearts in the moment, but if you don't practice what we're talking about, just as Pastor Brian said, not just hearers the word, but doers, if you don't practice it, it will be short-lived. And then we'll end up saying, God isn't doing what He said He's going to do. Yes, He is. We have to practice it. So you in? Seven of you. That's all right. We'll take that. 1 Peter chapter 3, we're going to walk into it together from the scripture here. 1 Peter chapter 3, first seven verses, and consecutive walking through what it means to thrive and have this sense of God's blessing and presence. While the world is chaotic, we can thrive. 1 Peter chapter 3, I need to stop and say to you that Peter was one of the 12 disciples. I know you knew that, but just in case... If you're new to, the, to Christianity or to faith, then you may not. So Peter, the guy who writes this book, actually walked with Jesus when he was here on earth. And Peter was married. That's pretty important because he's writing about marriage. And so he not only has revelation, he's trying to practice it. But Peter was one of those people who speaks and then later on thinks about what he said. And some of us are like that. We kind of speak and later on, what did I say? That's probably a little strong or a little off or a little weird or whatever. Peter has this tendency to put his foot in his mouth. And um, then he has to figure out how to get out of it. So Jesus loves Peter. And he tells him in Luke these words. Simon was his original name. Jesus gave him the name Peter. So you might see the name Simon Peter. But he says these words. Simon, Satan has asked to sift you as wheat. Think about that. Implications of that are ridiculous. First of all, Satan has to ask permission to come after you as a son of a daughter of God. How's that? Well, why would God let him? Because you grow through it. But it's not like you're under spiritual attack and Jesus isn't, oh no, he's with you. Simon, Satan has asked to sift you as wheat. But when you're restored, so there's going to be some challenging seasons. And again, it's, G it's Peter who denies Jesus. So he's going to go through some challenges. He's asked to sift you as wheat. When you're restored, strengthen the brothers. And that's what this is. Peter is writing to the brothers to strengthen them. And now it's centuries later, and you're being invited into the same strengthening. In Acts chapter 2, Peter's among the 12 or 20 at that point, 120. When the Holy Spirit comes down... 
and he is the speaker, the preacher of the moment, and thousands of people give their lives. They submit their lives to the lordship of Jesus Christ there in the moment. Then they begin to live in Acts 2.42 in a community and have to figure out what does it mean that Jesus is Lord? They have to figure that out. They have to figure out what it means to be magnified in me. They have to figure it out in relationships. They have to figure it out in their marriage. They have to figure it out in their money. They have to figure out what it means to live in the kingdom of God. So they're doing that in Acts chapter 2. Acts chapter 8, the great persecution happens and the people run out of Jerusalem because of the persecution. They're trying to get out of there as fast as they can. And you can imagine they have to quit a job. Did you ever move and not have a job? And also not have much with you? They lost their jobs. They lost their extended relationships. They lost their culture because whereas they were in Judea, Israel, they had a culture that was attentive to the presence of God. Now they're in a culture which is a pagan society. And if you have an NIV, that whole, this whole section is, is talking about living godly lives in a pagan society. So these people, their lives are in chaos. Does that sound like your world? And they have to learn to live in the kingdom of God while the chaos is surrounding them. And they have to learn to do it in the home. It does not help us to learn and experience God's blessing in here and then try to take it, sorry, hang on, to other people when we can't live it in our home. We have to live it there first. That's the challenging part. That's the hard part. But that is where the kingdom of God moves. You have to live it in the family. By the way, they're going to be putting up some slides here and there. I never follow them. I told them I'm a mess. Just put them up whenever you want. Act like they're the right time and it'll be perfect. We have to live it in the family. We, it's Sorry, this must passion inside of me. Sometimes we'd want to take the kingdom of God. We want to go to work and witness to people. And then we go home, don't even talk to our spouse. What? What are you talking about? Figure that out. Don't you know that Satan wants to destroy this church by destroying families? This church has destiny. Yes, I said that. This church has significant destiny. That's why he brought Pastor Brian and his family and all of you as a part of it. And Satan is waiting for the moment when he can leverage and create heartache from the home out and destroy what God is doing. And you can always know that you matter when Satan attacks you. That tells you that there's something significant that God is doing. So if you're under a spiritual attack in your home right now, to hear this word, hear this blessing, you matter to the king and Satan knows it. What we have to do is learn how to walk in the kingdom so he doesn't win. Because he can win. We want to make sure that he does not win. And we're going to do that by listening to the scripture. So you ready? 1 Peter chapter 3, beginning with verse 1. And this passage is loaded with hooks and hand grenades. As I said in the first service, if I make it through it, then maybe I'll come back. And if I never make it home, you can tell them, I don't know, he spoke at Pathway and really, it's just, a, it's a hard passage, but we're going to discover what God is actually doing in the passage. It's going to be amazing. So here we go. Wives, in the same way, there you go, submit yourselves, favorite word, 
to your own husbands, so that if any of them do not believe the word, the gospel, that Jesus is Lord and choose to believe and live in it, they may be won over without words by the behavior of their wives. When they see the purity and the reverence, Christ be magnified. There you go. He's saying the same thing. When they see the purity and the reverence of your lives, your beauty should not come from outward adornment. Doesn't mean you couldn't have women are made for beauty. This is, if you're following this word today and what the Lord, how he wants you to hear it, it's never a curse and it's never rejection. Can you hear that? It's a good word for you. My wife loves beauty and I love that she loves beauty because I get to enjoy it. Your beauty should not come from outward adornment such as elaborate hairstyles and the wearing of gold jewelry or fine clothes. Rather, it should be that of your inner self, the unfading beauty of a gentle and quiet spirit. There's the next hook. Who is he describing? Because it ain't me. That's what a lot of women feel. But we're going to get there. Which is of great worth in God's sight. For this is the way the holy women of the past, who put their hope in God, used to adorn themselves. They submitted themselves to their own husbands like Sarah, who obeyed Abraham and called him her Lord. You are, not, you are her daughters if you do what is right and do not give way to fear. Oh my gosh, that was just an amazingly helpful, it is, and powerful thing that we get all confused and frustrated. But watch this. Husbands, in the same way, be considerate as you live with your wives and treat them with respect as the weaker partner and as heirs with you of the gracious gift of life so that nothing will hinder your prayers. Now, we have to do some things here. We have to see this in the context, and the context is in the context of Peter, we'll get to that in a second. It's also in the context of everything else that Jesus has taught us. So that you may know, there's another passage where Jesus said these words, the Gentiles lord it over one another. Jesus said this, but it's not to be so among you. See, some of the reasons that we struggle with the language in this passage, and yet it's a gift of God to help us, but we get all hooked into feeling like somebody's going to be controlling and somebody's going to be hard to live with and harsh. And this, does, this passage does not place husbands as, as a people who can be abusive. It does not. So that's the first thing. The second thing, did you catch in this passage, there's a, twice he says in the same way. Wives, in the same way. Husbands, in the same way. Well, what way is that? And the answer is the passage before, which talks about Jesus' submission when he was abused, when he was crucified, when he was hurt, how he chose to be submissive in the moment for a greater good of bringing blessing of which you and I participate in now because he brought the kingdom of God to earth to us through his blood. So in the same way that Jesus was willing to walk even though he was mistreated at times and hurt, in the same way, wives be submissive to your husbands. In the same way, it's a pattern after Jesus. Husbands, in the same way, just like your pattern, both the husband and the wife, the pattern is Jesus. It's Jesus, the all-powerful God who chose to submit himself 
Philippians chapter 2, who chose to lower himself, to humble himself, to become that of a, of a servant, and to be crucified on a cross. That's the pattern that has to be lived in the home. We have to bring the kingdom of God into our home, and we do that with the right practices that are here in the scripture. So here's the first one. Wives, be submissive. And that's the piece where we're not saying, I don't have power, but it's a mutuality that says, I choose you. Because husbands and wives, hear me say this. And any of you that in the future are looking to be married, the kingdom marriage is built on choosing the other person. It's built on choosing the other person. That's what Jesus did. He chose us at his cost. I'm sure if you ask Sheila, there are multiple, multiple, multiple times. And I can always say, well, it's not enough. That's again where Satan starts accusing one to the other. But when she would choose me, when really, wouldn't be anything she'd choose to do. But she chooses me. And in that sense, she submits her dreams to my dreams. See, that's not, that's not harsh submission at all. And I choose her. There are times she wants to go do things that I wouldn't, there, I don't think, I've been sitting around waiting to go to Home Goods. Come on now, you know. I was thinking, could we, could we go to Home Goods soon? <laughs> I should have put that as a slide, right? <laughs> but the beauty is, I love her, and I like being with her. And I, I like to see her enjoy looking at this, looking at that, and picking that. That's the beauty of choosing the other person. You see, we read this stuff, and we hear it as hierarchical power. It isn't. It's sacrifice. It's the wife choosing to sacrifice, therefore, put her agenda, submit it under that of the husband, and the husband doing the same thing by living considerate and thinking about his wife and putting his agenda under what she needs. And so both people, the power of the kingdom is lived at home when you choose the other. But to do that, you have to experience being chosen by Jesus. That's why, by the way, Ephesians chapter 5, it says, husbands, love your wives. I'm sorry. Yes. And wives, respect your husbands. And there's a whole conferences about love and respect, which is cool. Good stuff to say. However, I'm going to give you the one-minute million-dollar deal right now. You ready? You can't live Ephesians chapter 5 if you haven't figured out Ephesians chapter 1. Gee, that only makes sense, right? Ephesians chapter 1, we are chosen before the foundation of the world. We are redeemed. He adopted us as sons by his blood. So when we experience being chosen, then we can choose the other person because I don't come to you empty and devastated, although I have needs that only she can met, and I hope she has needs that only I can met, but I'm not having to pull everything to myself. This is how you live the kingdom. You choose the other person in the moment. Now, there's another couple of words here we got to walk into because they are kind of hook words. They kind of create anguish in us, and it's this word of a quiet and 
humble, what did he say? Gentle spirit. And there's probably, if not in this room, in other rooms, there are ladies who say, oh boy, that ain't me. I'm everything, anything but quiet and gentle. That's just, that doesn't describe me at all. Yes, it does. Yes, it does. This is, again, where we read Scripture and take offense. And we read Scripture and put chains on people. Do you know the word gentle there, the word humble gentle that's there, is actually in Matthew chapter 5. You see the context? Remember, I told you the context of the larger Scripture. In Matthew chapter 5, Jesus says these words, Blessed are the meek, for they shall inherit the earth. Same word, meek and gentle here. Same word, same Scripture word. The Greek word is praus, the same word. Now, here's the deal. We, it, the meekness doesn't mean weakness. Jesus is not asking you as a woman to be weak. How's that? That's not what he's asking you. He is asking you to live with power under control. Because that word, praus, that's there, both places, and also when Jesus said, take my yoke upon you for I am humble or meek, Power under control. So the, the, actually that word is used to describe in the secular language of the first century a horse that's been broken. So let's say it like this, horsepower. That's a gift. That's a blessing because watch what happens. So this, this wife has horsepower. Guys get horsepower. Right? Get that muscle car going. Horsepower. But the difference is the horsepower in your Mustang is based upon your foot. And there's sometimes you don't want to drive 100 when it says 20. Right? And there's other moments you might want to drive 100, but you're not supposed to anyway. You might, but you're not supposed to. It's power under control. So what actually the Lord Jesus is teaching in this passage through Peter to this body of Christ and to everyone in the kingdom, how you bring the kingdom home is you learn to bring the right amount of fuel to the moment. Did you hear that? The right amount of fuel to the moment. So you don't give an X factor of 10 when actually the situation isn't that big a deal. The problem is we let stuff build up. We begin to feel it. And next thing you know, out comes, bleh. right? So the husband and wife start to talk and she's been holding it, not current, or he's been holding it, but we're talking about wives right now. I'll get to the husbands. We won't get there. And all of a sudden, there's a twice the amount of energy in the moment, twice the amount of frustration, and she has not learned to shape the moment and to shape her fuel in her heart and to control her fuel so that the agenda that she gets done, needs, that needs to get done, gets done. God made women passionate. And he also made them fierce and strong, and he made them to fight for the marriage. How's that for a blessing? He wired them like that. But the thing is that when it, sometimes it looks like they're fighting against their marriage partner. They're really not. It's just that there's so much fuel that it just starts coming out. Right? Careful, husbands. If you want lunch, go slow in the moment. Some people in our culture especially, they say, I don't have a filter. 
Well, for God's sake, would you get one? And for our sake, would you get one? Seriously, for God's sake, would you get one? And for our sake, would you get one? Do not say, well, I can't help myself. Uh, That's undisciplined. Sorry, straight up. It's undisciplined and it's unfaithful. You're not supposed to just speak everything comes to your mouth, everything comes to your mind. You don't just speak that, everything comes to your heart. Don't you know Satan puts thoughts in your minds and when you're in a hot moment, he's saying, say this, say that, say this, say that. Hit him this way, hit him that way. I mean, it's like a rock'em sock'em. And here we are saying, boof, 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 right? And somebody has to say, I'm not going to use that right hook. I'm not going to do it. So you have to fuel appropriate to the hurt or to the fear or to the challenge. The women are created to fight for the marriage, but when they put too much fuel in the moment, it feels like they're fighting against the marriage. So that's why the husband often backs up. So we talk about a man cave and, you know, he goes and hides. Well, it's because he doesn't know what to do with all the fuel. I'm not being mean right now and I'm not even being sarcastic at all. I'm telling you, he doesn't know what to do with it. So, he, so in the moment of the heartache and the conversation, it starts getting hot. He doesn't want to be hurtful. She doesn't want to be hurtful either. But she's not aware she has to control the fuel. Are you hearing this? This is intended to be a blessing to you. And I'm saying to you as women, bless you in your power. Yes. Bless you because you're created by God to fight for a marriage. Yes. But be careful that you're using the right amount of fuel to have the conversation that doesn't create more division. Because what happens is, in our way God made us, the marriage should be the place of joy and happiness and hope and romance and all those kinds of things. When it's not, when it's full of heartache and you think that he wants to come home, he doesn't want to come home. That's a mess. Or she wants to come home, she doesn't want to come home. That's a mess. But you have to work. That's why the scripture's here. We have to work at having those kinds of marriages. Don't you want one? Seriously. Don't you want a marriage where the kingdom of God is coming? And if you do, then you have to learn to live this. I'm, this is amazing teaching, right? <laughs> well, three people were with me. The rest of you, sorry. Seriously. It, this is the scripture. It's teaching us how. And what we have to do in the, in the woman's perspective is learn to slow down the fuel that's flowing into her so that she can speak truth because the gospel is always built on truth. Relationships are always built on truth. But sometimes we think the truth is the emotion. Nope, it's not. By the way, women are made in the image of God and perfectly. So if you think God doesn't feel passion, you probably ought to read the Old Testament. He feels a lot of passion. Okay, women, you ready for me to change? Get to the men? Let's do that. So again, in the scripture, God wants the marriages that are here or going to be here in the future. And even if you're not married, and maybe if for some reason you won't be married, it's just to understand what it's like to be male and what it's like to be female. And how do you activate this? And how can you pray for the marriages that are around you? So the scripture, husbands, in the same way, in the same way, the, light, the pattern of Christ, you're to be, live considerate with your wife. You know what that means, right? It means think about her. And not with criticism, not with complaint, not thinking about how she comes short, 
of some expectation. You think about her. You want to do this? I'm going to give you right now what will change your marriage. You think about her and you think about what you love about her and what you want to celebrate about her. And you marinate. You meditate. You marinate your being in that. And what will come out when you're together is you are ridiculous amazing. Because I've been thinking about some things about you and I'd like to tell you I like this and I like this and I like this and I like this. That's what it looks like. Husbands, in the same way, live considerate. Think about your wife. So, guys, you ready? Turn off the radio. No more sports talk. When you're driving, it's time to ask the Lord, what do you want to say to me about my wife? What would you like to say to me, in my case, about Sheila? Who, who do you see her to be? What is it you want me to see that I haven't seen about her that's amazing, the way you created her? What else do you want me to see how you created her special? You actually think about those things, and then you worship. You speak to God. Thank you for creating her special like that, and thank you that we're together, even if sometimes it's hard and challenging. Thank you that we're together, and then you start watching how God begins to shape your heart so that when the wife is living, choosing her husband in the ways that we said, and the husband is living, choosing his wife in the ways that we said, then they come together, and that, my friends, is how you bring the kingdom home. And that's what changes the marriage. Because we're thinking about it. So... Years ago, Sheila and I were in Chicago, and we planted a church, and in this church that we planted, we don't have any money, don't have any people, so we don't have an office, don't have anything. So I'm, I'm needing some place to be alone, pray, think about some stuff, and so we can't do that at home. I have to go to the library. library doesn't open until 10 o'clock, so that's not a really good thing. But once in a while, Sheila misbehaves. Most times, she's pretty good. Once in a while, she misbehaves. And in those, when that happens, you know... Yeah, it isn't necessarily that pleasant for either one of us. And so, uh, you know I'm kidding, right? I mean, if you don't know I'm kidding, then, oh boy, we gotta, maybe we need to stop and deal with it. But anyway, so, <clears throat> so we end up in a moment that's not happy for either one of us, both frustrated. And I said, I'm just going to go to the library. So I just leave. I take my stuff and I leave. Did you ever read Matthew chapter 5? You think you're going to come and worship me? And if you have something against somebody, you leave your sacrifice and you go deal with that. I'm not going to do that. I just teach this stuff. I don't live it. <laughs> right? So here I am at the library, not living it. And I get my Bible and my journal and a paper and pencil. The Holy Spirit says to me, you need to go apologize to Sheila. We ain't doing that. No, you need to go apologize. Did you see what she said to me? I saw more than that. That's disappointing. <laughs> Go apologize. Not too many arguments have I won with God. Eventually, I just get up between the library, about a mile, that's about it, to my home. The Spirit of God begins to change my heart, and um, it was summer, or early fall. We have a storm door. It's a, Bartlett is a city in this west suburb of Chicago. And so I come home, and it's unlocked, the front door is, wouldn't do that anymore, but that was then. Open the front door, and I said to Sheila, these are the first words out of my mouth. How does it feel to have God on your side? She says, pretty good. <laughs> Guess it does. So, okay, so we, we resolve that one. 
It's years later, we planted a church now in Orlando, and we don't really, I don't think, have too many disagreements, but some of them, and as with every marriage, they can be hurtful in the moment. There's a moment when she's really frustrated with me, and again, I don't remember what I did, but, you know, why it was the case. Maybe something she did, and I took it wrong. Who knows? I don't remember. Isn't that funny? You can never remember the issue. You just remember the hurt. Well, anyway, I'm standing in front of her, and the Holy Spirit says these words to me. What is she wanting you to hear that you're not getting? That's what it means to live considerate. Oh, she's telling me something. Maybe I think there's too much fuel, but she may not. But I need to pay attention. What is she trying to say? What's the Spirit wanting me to hear? And then I have to pay attention to what's being said in me. What am I feeling? What's going on inside of me? And then I have to ask the Holy Spirit, what do you want to reveal in the moment? That's what it looks like to live considerate with your wife. That even in the hard moments... You can experience God's grace if you want to. Do you want to? Would you like to have a marriage that's rooted in this instead of rooted in taking offense, being offended, offending, and you don't even sometimes understand it? Would you like to have the Spirit of God active in your marriage? Would you like to bring the kingdom of God home? Today, you can do that. I told you, and we're going to pray for you in a few minutes. I told you that if you wanted to, in about 30 minutes or 35 minutes, Jesus Christ is going to show up in this place and bring healing to some of your hearts. I also said to you, if all you experience is the relief of pressure right now, and you don't learn to practice this scripture, it will leave you short. Because Satan will be happy to let you feel better for the moment and then destroy you when you walk out. We're not going to let him do that, are we? Come on. Let's not let him do that. So in a moment, we're going to pray. I'm going to ask Sheila to come up with me. I'm going to ask her to pray with me for you. I, I said in a moment, she's thinking, okay, I'll be ready. I'm thinking, no, come on. <clears throat> There you go, all the way up. So we want to pray for you, and if you would like to experience God's grace today in a significant way, we're going to invite you to come and just stand in the front. It's just a way that doesn't mean, I mean, if, if sometimes people's like, I'm not sure I want to move. That's okay. But it's a way of experiencing God's grace. Sometimes our physical movement seems to change us and to help us because we're physically active. If you're single, and you want this kind of a marriage in the future, we're going to invite you to come. If you know of someone else that you need to pray for, then again, we're going to invite you to come. Nobody's going to say anything, do anything, other than just we want to pray God's greatest blessing upon you. But again, you have to choose it in the moment. So you ready? If you'd like to be prayed for, we invite you to come on. So whether you're online or whether you're here right now, I just want you to hear the Lord Jesus is saying, I love you so much, I chose you. This moment, he's choosing you again. Doesn't deal with everything you did wrong, for Pete's sake. He sees you. But if you've never had a relationship with Jesus, it begins by turning away from our own ways of thinking. That's called repentance. And letting the blood of Christ wash over us, then we can live this passage. You can't live it 
without Jesus being big in your life. And you don't have to know everything. You don't have to be perfect. He just wants to give you this grace today. How about we receive that? You ready? Holy Spirit, would you pour over now the people online in the seats and here up front. Would you give them wisdom? Give them hope. I ask you by the presence of God that you've given to me, by your presence, that you would speak deeply healing into homes who are represented here. The people who have brought other homes, may you speak healing into those homes, hope into those homes. I pray that we would not keep a list of wrongs, but experience the joy of the connection that God has given to us. May your grace be strong upon the people who are responding to you right now. May you be a hedge of protection around them. And Father, as we sung this morning, may you be magnified in us. In those moments when we're disappointed with one another, we're angry, we're hurt, we're confused, um, we don't see a path forward, I pray that your presence would just permeate those moments, that you would help us Give us the wisdom, be with us in the moment, and we would hear your voice telling us that we're chosen, that you're the God of reconciliation, you're the God of forgiveness, you're the God who makes a world where we can live and love and serve in peace and joy and gratefulness, and that this can be the same way our families operate our marriages operate, that we can step above the chaos and we can allow your presence, allow your kingdom to enter the space and we can tend to your presence and we don't have to be victims, we don't have to be captive, we don't have to listen to the accusations of the evil one, but we have power and we have strength and you're there with us. So I just ask that you'd help us to remember that. Mm-hmm. For it's in Jesus' name we pray and we bless these who have committed their lives to you. Amen. Amen. We're going to linger right now and we're just going to sing this song together. Those of you who are out there, go ahead and stand. And let's... uh, Sing back to him his word that we find in Numbers and in Psalms, a blessing over all of us as we strive to be in good relationship with each other and with the Lord. Amen. The Lord bless you and keep you, make his face shine upon you. Be gracious to you. The Lord turned his face toward you and give you peace. Sing that again with us. Lord bless you and keep you. Make his face shine upon you. And be gracious to you. The Lord turned his face toward you and give you peace. Ah, 
their children raise presents grow before you and behind you and beside you all around you within you is with you is with you in the morning in the evening in your coming and your going in your weeping and rejoicing he is for you he is for you up and you dust us off and you remind us of your love for us and your kindness and your gentleness and your goodness and your grace and your mercy in our lives enabling us Lord to realize that you want relationship with us and you want our relationships this side of heaven to be in your kingdom to be kingdom minded and Lord as I prayed in the first service I'm going to pray it again I know there are relationships in this room, possibly marriages in this room that may feel like it's at the very end. You may feel like it's just, this just isn't gonna work out. But God is the God of miracles and God is for you. God is for you, not against you. And he wants the relationships and the marriages in this room and in this, in this community and in this country and in this world to work because he is a God of forgiveness and relationship and he is not a God of chaos and confusion. We have one adversary and that is Satan, the evil one. And so right now in Jesus' name, I pray against the enemy of our souls, the devil himself that wants to prowl around and devour us like a ravenous lion, Lord. May we resist, and your word says that if we resist, he will flee. And so in Jesus' name, the enemy must flee. Flee from the, the relationships represented here. Flee, for, free, flee from, the, from the marriages, Lord. Flee from, the, from the, 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 uh, the workplace that we work in. Flee from our homes. We declare it. In Jesus' name, we thank you. You're a redemptive God, a God of of seven, eight, nine chances. 
because you are a forgiving God and a God of grace and mercy. So Lord, undergird and, and empower us, invigorate us, fill us with your spirit again to know that you are for us, that you're fighting our battles for us and that we can trust you. We love you and thank you for the relationships that are represented here. And we thank you, Lord, for what you're gonna do because we heard a fresh word from you. May you move, may you work, Lord. We submit and surrender to it. And we thank you for what you've done in this place today. And it's in Jesus' name. And everyone said, amen. amen. Before you leave, if there are any lingering things that God is doing, uh, we have prayer partners available. We have pastors and staff up here that are available to you. Please don't leave if, you're, if God's not finished with you yet. Also, if you're visiting with us, man, there's a welcome center out there. We'd love to meet you and give you a gift, and you can learn more about what's going, what God's doing here, and we can meet you, and it's just going to be great to just have you as a part. And we, we also have an e-news that we'd like to send to you on Wednesdays. It just tells you what God's up to on our campus here at Pathway. God bless you. Now go and be the church.